we'll make it. It's a promise. Uh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, great singing. Um, I've been away for too long. Uh, just got back from Korea. Still recouping. Still have the sickness. Thank you, Miss Lori. And um, she she's she's better now. So that's that's all that matters, right, Brother Dave? Yes, sir. Um, but while I was in Korea, Pastor texted me, and I promise when I read it, it said, "Will you do Sunday school?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever." I got it. And then I think Monday probably I reread that. No, no, Monday he sent another message out and with the schedule of who's doing what, and I saw that I was doing the AM service. I was like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. So I went back and read the text before I accused anybody of anything, and I was way wrong. Um, but that's what you get, international travel and being sleepy and sick. So here I am, and um, hopefully, thank you for the visitors coming. Uh, I know that uh, y'all have come twice now at least. Three times? Once? Oh, I thought, I thought y'all had been here more. Um, I've heard a lot about you guys. Uh, we live on base also, so I uh, hope to see you around, and I hope you keep coming back. Um, I am not the original, the normal pastor, so if anything goes bad, don't hold it against us. Uh, I'm just an idiot. So. There it is. Uh, before we get started, uh, let's pray, and um, I'm not joking. We are really going over the first three chapters of Daniel, so... Buckle up. All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you, and I thank you for everybody who's here. God, I pray it wouldn't be my words uh, that come forth this morning, but Lord, I pray they'd be yours. And Lord, help me to teach nothing but your word this morning. So God, if there's anything that I have here in these notes that uh, you don't want uh, spoken, Lord, I pray you'd just have me skip over them, forget them, not say them, whatever it has to be, Lord. But God, I pray most of all that we would learn from your word this morning and that uh, we'd learn how to become better Christians, how uh, we can survive as a Christian uh, in this world. Lord, I love you. Again, I thank you for the opportunity to preach. I pray you just hide me behind the cross. We love you and ask things in your name. Amen. So the book of Daniel, first chapter, a um, little bit of backstory about uh, Daniel, specifically chapter 3. Uh, I don't know what it is about Daniel chapter 3. When I was 15, I guess, that was the first chapter in the Bible that I actually just read and studied and really gleaned a lot from it. So anytime that our past, my pastor back home would have us preach, he used to have us preach, you know, five minutes or so, I would probably guess, and if they were here, they would say a hearty amen to this. 95% of the time, it was out of Daniel chapter 3, because I, I just love it so much. Uh, and there's a lot of things that we can get from Daniel chapter 3. Um, but as I've grown up, and it hasn't been a whole lot, but as I've grown up since then, um, I've started really digging into, you know, uh, the word studies and all, all this, all these other things that have helped me learn the Bible more. Uh, so when, when I was praying about what to teach or preach, um, for whatever reason, I, and I really haven't been back to Dan, the book of Daniel 
for study or anything like that in a very long time. But God really just put it on my heart. Go back and read this. Go back and look at this. And um, I just, I really pray and hope it's a blessing to you. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those funny things where the, the pastor or preacher or whatever, you know, he's preaching something and um, you, we think, oh yeah, man, this is good stuff. And sometimes the people out there are like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, this isn't what I need this morning. But I, I hope and pray that there's something that we go through here today that will be for you. We're going to cover a lot of stuff, so something's got to hit home for you. Um, trying to get in my notes here, and I keep hitting the wrong apps, so I'm sorry. I'm not texting while I'm preaching. That'd be very, very, like, I couldn't do it. It's not going to happen. I couldn't do it. Um, so I guess what I really, what I hope we get to, um, and Jaden, you asked me a question earlier, if there was a title. There's not really a title, but what I want to get to are, there are some questions that we can answer for ourselves out of these three chapters on how we can live good, godly Christian lives in this world. Uh, one of the, I won't say it's the hardest thing, I've had enough practice now, but being in the military, going TDY a lot, um, there are very few Christians in the military, if you look at it from an outward appearance. Very few. And um, as, as Derek was uh, teaching about this morning, you know, witnessing to coworkers, you get a lot of left and right head nods. Um, you get a lot of people more or less making fun of you uh, for what you believe. Um, and Lennon, you're going to go into it. So I, I hope that you um, really get a hold of your Bible. I hope that you you have that firm foundation settled. Because there's going to come a lot of things at, at you. There's going to come a lot of things your way that you're going to have to stand up for. And uh, so I got four simple questions from these uh, chapters that I hope we can ask and answer ourselves uh, to help us grow and live better Christian lives. So D Daniel chapter 1, and this one only has 21 verses, so I kind of want to read uh, most all of it. Kind of give us a backstory, kind of let us know where we're at uh, before we just dive off the diving board. You need, to, you need to know that it's more than three feet deep before you jump. You're going to hurt your head. So um, Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And this is a kind of a telling verse here. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure of the house of his gods. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes. Children in whom, now I want you to listen to verse 4, because this, really, this describes who we're about to talk about. Children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat 
and of wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and of Mishael of Meshach, and of Azariah of Abednego. Um, I'm going to keep reading, then we'll, we're going to go back. I'll just, I'll just keep reading. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed me your meat, um, your meat and your drink, for why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. So what's going on here is uh, Nebuchadnezzar took over the land, and he, in, in my way of thinking, he wants to spread um, their word. So he, he grabs the, the wisest, that verse 4, the people who fell into those categories, the ones without blemish, the ones who are smart, the ones who are the wisest, because at the end of verse 4 he says, I want to teach them the way of the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans were the ones that they, they said were the wisest in Babylon. So they're trying to spread a worldly message, and they pick some of these uh, Israelites, say, hey, come with us. I want to give you our, our meat, our drink. That way you can learn. This is going to be for three years. Three years they're going to be in the palace. And the king, I believe, again, just uh, if, I, if you think about it, you know, uh, like a prisoner, you make them feel safe and comfortable. Oh, here's some of my meat. Here, I'm going to teach you. Um, that's going to soften, bring down their walls a little bit so uh, you can, let's say, infiltrate their mind some. And... Um, Daniel says, he says, you know what? That's not what my people are eating. That, that, that's not what's going on out there. You've got to remember who Daniel is. The Israelites see Daniel, he, he's a prophet. He is, he is, he's the one that they look up to. So from a leader's standpoint, Daniel is saying, no, I want to be one with my people. This is who I am. This is the God we serve. So he says, he goes to the prince of the eunuchs, and he tells him, he said, hey, yeah, I just don't want to eat that stuff. Like, it sounds great. Don't get me wrong. Sounds awesome. I don't want to eat it. I don't want to defile myself. The problem with that is the prince of the eunuchs is, he's in charge of their well-being. They're in prison. It's a prison where they're learning 24-7 for three years. Still, they're in prison. They're in captivity. Um, and the prince of the eunuch says, hey, Daniel, hey, we're friends. I love you guys, but if I don't feed you, I'm going to die. And that's a big problem for me because I like living, which everybody can say amen. I like living. You know, I don't want to get beheaded because I didn't feed you. And so we're gonna, I'm going to kind of skip, just kind of paraphrase the rest of this chapter even though I know y'all love just hearing me read the chapter, but I'm just going to kind of paraphrase for the rest of it. Um, Daniel says, okay, 
Prince of the Eunuchs. I, I hear you. I think his name is, uh, is Melzar, I think. Yeah, Melzar, I hear what you're saying. I understand you don't want to die. That's a reasonable thing. Um, how about this? We're going to put, essentially, we're going to put our God up to the test. For 10 days, I want you to feed us the same thing you're feeding the captives, the pulse, which is vegetables, and, and we're going to drink water. Okay? How many of you, that sounds like a great diet plan? Just vegetables and water. Sounds miserable. You don't want to see me on vegetables and water. I get very angry after missing one meal. Just vegetables and water is not a good thing. For 10 days, we're just going to eat vegetables and water. And let your servants, let them go ahead. Let them have the, the king's provision. Um, let them have that. Oh, by the way, just to backtrack a little bit, um, I can't remember in what verse it was, but when I was talking about who they were bringing to the, to the palace, it said, unto these four. So that, doesn't, that, that means they weren't the only ones. There were, other, there were probably other Israelites there. Um, all right, back to where we are. Um, so he said, we're going to do this 10-day challenge. And at the end of 10 days, let's see whose countenance is more fair. Okay, okay, 10 days, got it. Um, Daniel and Shadrach, now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's stop right there for a second. The changing of the names. This was also one of the uh, captive prisoner tactics to help them forget who they were. Daniel, Daniel's name means God is my judge. Belteshazzar means Lord of the straight, straightens or the needy. So he was the Lord of the treasure for the needy. That's what his name meant. Hananiah means God has favored. Shadrach, which is what his name was changed to, means royal or a, the great scribe. Mishael means who is what God is. Meshach means guest of the king. Azariah means Jehovah has helped. His name was changed to Abednego. That name means servant of Nebo, or he was, Nebo was a Babylonian deity who presided over learnings and the letters. So changing of the names was, was something that um, the king was trying to get, get them totally away from God. And Daniel, as a leader, said, the only way I can do something right now is to show my people and to take these guys and say, we're going to draw a line in the sand, we're not eating your food. Man, that sounds weird, but it kept Daniel and it kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it kept them who they were. So they go, we go through this, uh, the rest of this chapter, Verse 18, I'm sorry, we're going to, verse, before we start reading, um, their countenance, if you, if you don't know the story, the account, their countenance was more fair than the ones of the servants, eating vegetables and water. So what did Melzar do? He said, okay, fine, you can continue having this because you're doing great, and we're going to keep eating meat and drinking wine. I said, okay. Verse 16, what did God do? Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them the pulse. Verse 17, as for these four children, 
God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Verse 18, now at the end of the days uh, that the king had said, so at the end of three years, he should bring them in. Then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, therefore stood they before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all of his realm. And Daniel continued even until the first year of the king Cyrus. So for making a stand, for, for doing what God wanted them to do, he blessed them. And that's, that's a, a very um, reoccurring theme in, these next, in the next two chapters as well. And we're going to go through the, the questions I told you we're going to go through at the end of uh, these three chapters. We're doing great on time. So chapter 2. Uh, we're not going to read all of this one, I promise, because it's a lot more lengthy. But to summarize it, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And apparently this dream is so startling to him. Later on in the chapter, he actually says, I was scared of my bed. So this, this shook his foundation. Um, and he did something that I'm, when I read this, I'm like, man, that's actually pretty smart. You know, you always want to find out who the like real magicians are. And I looked at Barrett because right now they have this, they look up magic tricks and they do magic tricks in front of us. Um, but you know, those guys that you're like, man, that was a really good trick. How did he do it? I think Nebuchadnezzar was kind of testing all of his guys when this happened because he brought them all in, all the astrologers, all the magicians, all the sorcerers. I mean, anybody that was anybody about the, in the whole wisdom and understanding realm. And he said, guys, I had a dream. It was super scary, and I need you to interpret the dream for me. And they said, well, okay, well, tell us a dream. He said, yeah, I forgot it. Wait, what? <laughs> you had a dream that was so scary and it scared you of your bed, but you're not going to tell us a dream. He said, no, 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 I need you to tell me what I dreamt about and give me the interpretation. I mean, if you're really who you say you are, surely you can do that, right? And uh, this happens actually twice. This conversation happens twice. And both times the king says, no, I, I forgot it. You, you tell me. But then he goes on... Um, and he tells them what's going to happen uh, if you don't do this, uh, which was, um, it's pretty harsh. It's in verse 5. Uh, this is after the second time uh, they had that conversation. Uh, the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, again, those are the, most wise, the wisest people in all of Babylon. Uh, the thing has gone from me, talking about the dream, uh, if you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Oh, things just got real. Um, all right, so at this point, I would have been shaking. Like if I was one of those, I'd been, okay, I'm dead. My whole family's dead. We're all going to die. There is nobody that can do this for the king. 
this is an unreasonable situation. And they actually, they actually tell the king this in verse 9. But if he will, um, sorry, verse 8, the king answered and said, I know of certainty that ye would gain the time because ye see things, uh, ye see the thing that is gone from me. So he's saying, I believe in you, you can do it. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, uh, for ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me. Till the time be changed, therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king this matter. They just point blank, King, this is unreasonable. There's nobody that can do this. Therefore, there is no king, no lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. Furthermore, hey, king, there's not even another king in the entirety of this universe who has asked any of their guys to do something like this. Super unreasonable. And it is a rare thing, verse 11, that the king requireth, and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods, little g, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause, okay, they, they finished talking. For this cause, the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of, all the wise men of Babylon. Who does that include? Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to go through the next couple of... I'm going to paraphrase the next couple of verses. Verse, it's in verse 13. We'll actually just read uh, verse 13. Keep reading verse 13. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they thought... And they sought... They sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. So this decree goes out, hey, we're going to kill all of them. But who did they seek out? Daniel. Why would they do that? Oh, because back in chapter 1, there was none like him found in the whole kingdom. They were ten times better than everybody else. Remember that? I bet that kind of rubbed them the wrong way. Some of them might have got a demotion. Whatever happened, they did not like Daniel after that point. He came in and stole the show. Why did that happen? Because he maintained the course that God wanted him to maintain. He kept going the direction and kept doing the things God wanted him to do. Going on, um, Daniel and the uh, Arioch the king's uh, captain of the guard, have a conversation. Remember, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had lived in the king's palace for three years. They probably know everybody that works for the king. You don't just live somewhere for three years and not know anybody. So he has this conversation with the king, the captain of the king's guard, and he says, I bet I could do it. Just give me an audience with the king. 
And later that night, God gives him the vision of the dream and the interpretation. And the first thing Daniel does, he blesses God. For four verses, Daniel's just thanking God. God, you, you have once again provided for me and my, my, other, my other three companions. You've provided for us. And he just he blesses God and thanks God. Jump down to verse 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king. This is, this is one of those things that um, I, th- I think of Brother Dave or myself when, the, when this happens because we have this kind of attitude, and I love it, so whenever I see it, I'm like, yeah. Um, he answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded... Cannot the wise men and the astrologers and the magicians and the soothsayers show unto the king? So he says, hey, king, why can't your guys do this? Did they fail you again? I'm sorry, I just, I like it. When, when, when God's man gets to just give these slight little jabs, these... Uh, they're not even playful, let's just be honest. Daniel's just really pointing out, hey, do you understand how fake they are now? Do you understand that what you're doing, what you're following, the gods that you're following, aren't the right ones? This is what he is saying. And then uh, verse 28, But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, secrets and maketh known unto the king Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in the, in the later days? Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And for the rest of the chapter, Daniel describes not only the dream that the king had, but he also gives the interpretation. And it is um, exactly what is going to happen to this kingdom that he is setting up. Um, we're not going to go through it, because that would take us a lot more time. Um, but at the end, let's see, where are we at here? Let's start in verse 47 of chapter 2. No, let's start in 46, sorry. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face. This is after Daniel has described to him everything. Fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. So the king missed the mark again. You know, Daniel's already said, hey, there's a God in heaven that can do this, and then went ahead and did that. Uh, And the king missed the mark and said, oh, no, it was Daniel. So he he missed it a little bit, right? Uh, The king answered unto Daniel and said, of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods. So he's getting a little bit closer and a Lord of kings and revealer of secrets, seeing that thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many, many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief of governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he, he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Now, Daniel, Daniel asked God, hey, remember back, remember back in chapter 1, 
after they did the first thing, what, was, what did God give Daniel? He gave him the ability to have, uh, I don't want to say power so much, but to understand dreams and wisdom. So then come to chapter 2, hey, there was a dream. Somebody needed help with a dream. Daniel said, hey, God's given me that ability. God's given me that gift. Let me use it. And then at the end, now Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have all been put in this, um, put in the next position that they need to be put in. You see, we're going to learn at the end of chapter 3, the, these three chapters, it's not about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, to be honest. They're just the vessels. This is all about King Nebuchadnezzar. What it takes for, king, for a king to learn who God is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, they're just the vessels. This is all about King Nebuchadnezzar. So Daniel made a request to the king. The king granted him his request, put uh, these guys as rulers, and that's a very important word. Because now we roll into chapter 3. Chapter 3. Again, one of my favorite accounts in the Bible. I love it. Everybody, a lot of people teach it as a children's story because um, it's a great story of faith. Uh, after, reading, after reading it this time, my mind's a little um, different of what I, I see is happening versus what you know, a while back when I read it um, is happening. Just a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king set to gather together the princes, governors, and captains, and judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers. Man, it's like somebody just got put in that position. Of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now, I don't know how many people that is. It sounds like it could be a pretty big gathering. Um, but when I used to read this, I, you know, I was picturing literally everybody's coming out. But this is just the dedication. So this is at the very, very beginning. This hasn't been going on any time. This is the very beginning of worshiping this, this great image, and I mean great as in large, uh, image that the king had set up. And he just wants all the rulers, all the captains, everybody who's in charge of something to come out here because he probably wants to disseminate the rules, give them the rules, you tell the rules to everybody else, and then when it's time to all come together, we'll all come together and do this. Um, and I'm going to skip through a lot of this. Uh, what happens is Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, I've got all these kinds of instruments that are going to play. If you want to read the funny names of the instruments, they're kind of funny. There's a sackbut, salt, the harp, sultry, all these other instruments. He said, when all these instruments play, you're going to bow down before this image. So Daniel's not there. The Bible says he's, at, he's sitting at the king's gate. I did a lot of studying on this, and there's not too much into it. Um, what I am taking it to be is he's part of the king's chamber, which makes sense because the king said, hey, there's none like Daniel. He's ten times better than everybody else. So who, where do you want to keep that guy? As close to you as possible. 
um, which would make sense as to why he's not out here during this if he's in the king's chamber. Because the king says, all right, at the time that all these music instruments play, everybody's going to bow down. We're all going to worship this image. Well, there's, there's three guys out there that have a real bad problem with following anybody's rules that go against God's rules. So all these instruments play. Everybody bows down. And wouldn't you know, the Bible says that some Chaldeans, now who are they? They were the wisest people in Babylon. Oh, they were also the people that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel showed up because they were wiser, they were smarter, because they followed God. So they probably didn't like them. So these Chaldeans came up to the king and said, Hey, king, oh, by the way, king, live forever, bow down, kiss your fingers, whatever. There's a couple of guys, you know what, king? They don't follow your gods. They're not following your rules. And they didn't bow down. And so the king's, okay, hey, bring, bring them up here. The king has a, has a little chat with them. He says, guys, maybe, I don't know, maybe you didn't hear all the music play. Maybe get your hearing checked. I don't know. Hey, we're going to try it again, just for you guys. We're going to do this again. Okay. Uh, he orders the music to play, and then they, they didn't bow down again. You know, and that, that was like in front of his face. A couple of key verses here. Um, chapter 3. Um, let me get down to it real quick. Let's go to verse 16. This is after uh, the king has even threatened, to him, threatened them with, hey, if you don't do this, uh, the, the decree is that we're going to set up a fiery furnace and you're going to be burned alive. And again, they didn't bow down. Um, so he said, hey, you're, gonna, you're out of my hands. I've already set the decree. You're about to go burn in this furnace. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. What he, what he said is pretty much, hey, we don't have to think about this. We're not bowing down. Like We can skip everything you want to talk about. The end answer is always going to be, we're not bowing down. That's, that's what he meant. Um, by the way, if you put yourself, try to put yourself in that scene. You have three guys, and there, there's one person who's answering. Because I know a lot of us, sometimes we get in that situation where, you know, you are, you're one of the three Christians, and, and there's, there's something up ahead that you're like, oh, I don't know about all that. But then you have that one zealous guy that's like, nah, come on, we got this. And then the other two are like, that wasn't these three. The Bible very clearly says all three of them were together. And they were together in spirit, they were together in mind, and they were going towards the same thing. There wasn't a single one of, of them up there saying, oh, hey, <laughs> speak for yourself, man. I don't want to burn, that's really hot. It's, no, hey, it's not, King, we don't even have to think about this. We're not bowing down. Verse 17, great verse, and it's something that we have to, you have to read it, and then you have to really uh, think about 
what they're saying. Um, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. So they tell him, yeah, king, obviously, because the king says, and who will be the God that will deliver you out of my hand? Um, they, they just tell the king, obviously, yes, we really hope Jehovah. We really want God to keep us alive. We, I don't know how he's going to do it. We, we want that to happen. But king, no matter what happens, we're going to be delivered out of your hand whether it's through death or whether it's through life, we're not, we're not in your hand. We're in God's hand. You can't do anything to us. We, remember that God that, that gave us the answer to your secret dream that you wouldn't tell anybody about? That's still the God we serve. You, you remember the, the God that gave us the, the power of, of wisdom and understanding back in chapter 1? That's still the God we serve. King, you're missing the mark. You're not understanding this yet. But I guess we're going to have to go through one more thing for you to finally understand. And so the king gets really super mad. Like, you didn't bow down and this is in front of my face. <laughs> really mad. So he, just, he says, hey, crank up the heat. And the Bible says that the furnace was seven times hotter. It actually goes into detail and says when they went to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace that the men who were throwing them in, the flames came out and killed them. That's how hot this thing was. We're going to skip down to uh, the very end here. and I'm just going to paraphrase so we can uh, ask these questions. And I promise um, the questions don't take the long, the long time. Uh, end of the chapter, uh, they throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. Nebuchadnezzar turns to his counselors. They're sitting up. They're watching this whole thing. And they can see inside that furnace. And uh, he said, hey, king, there's just three, right? There's only three guys that we threw in there? Um, there's somebody else in there. And he looks like the son of God. And long story short, they walk right back out of the fire. The Bible even goes as far to say they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't have a singed hair on them. They didn't even have the fragrance of the fire on them. That's how much God protected them. And apparently, <laughs> this was the thing that opened the king's eyes. Now, just being honest, if I saw that, it would open my eyes too. Um, Wow, these guys that threw you in got killed, but you're walking around in the midst of it, and oh, <laughs> there's somebody else there too, and yeah, that, that's got to be the Son of God. God protected them through all of these things, through chapter 1, through chapter 2, through chapter 3. But again, this is for Nebuchadnezzar. Whatever it took to have that one person see who God truly is, God said, if I have some willing vessels, if I have some willing servants that will just follow and obey, I will use them, and He will see who I am. So, let's ask ourselves some questions.
Well, first, are we willing to be that type of servant? There's a lot of things that come up in our lives. A lot of things that come on our doorstep. And sad to say, sometimes we make the choice to not serve God. We make the choice to say, ah, yeah, it's, it's really not that important. Hey, even if it's not eating the king's meat, that doesn't seem that important. But to the Israelites, that was, I'm not following that king. I am staying with my people. I'm staying with the captives because that is who we are. Maybe it's using your gifts and talents for God. God has given each and every single one of us different abilities. Hey, for Daniel, there's just, a, just two words in chapter 2, or in chapter 1, sorry. Hey, because of this, I'm giving you the ability to interpret dreams. I wonder when that's going to come into play. Well, that's chapter 2. I mean, yeah, Daniel was faced with life or death if he didn't do it. Um, but we may not be faced with life or death right now, but are you willing to use your gifts and abilities? Remember, this isn't about you. It wasn't about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It wasn't about Daniel. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about that one person who needs to see who God is. Are you willing, am I willing, to be that vessel, to be that, that instrument? So are you willing to use your gifts? What will your answer be? I know some, a lot, I haven't been able to go soul winning with you guys. I've been, I've been gone or sick or both, um, but I, I plan to be there the next time. I bet some of y'all have gotten some weird questions. How about even, let's, let's take soul winning out. How about just at work? I bet you get some weird questions. If, you, if you're a Christian living for God, at work people are going to notice. At work people know that Wes is the guy who doesn't drink, he doesn't cuss, he doesn't do any of that stuff. Don't even offer it to him, that's fine. But they also know that if they are in trouble they're going to come talk to me because they know I follow God and hopefully I will give them the wisdom that God has given to me through the Bible. They, they know that I'm going to try to put them down that, that straight and narrow path when they're in trouble. What is, what's your answer going to be when the world comes to you and knocks on your door and says, hey, you want some of the king's meat? You, you want to bow down? If you don't, you're going to burn. What's your answer going to be? There are your answers, but after that, what is your action going to be? Remember Daniel chapter 1. Daniel's the leader. He's the one that the Israelites look up to. He's the prophet. They could have very easily said, yep, I want that meat. Man, I'm really hungry. It looks really good. The wine's really good. He could have very easily said, yeah, give me that. But when he was with the Israelites, he said, I'm your leader. I, I, we're, we're together. 
he had to separate himself even though he's in the palace. Hey, do you think any of the other captives would have seen him? They're not in the palace. But I guarantee you word would have got out and said, hey, your leader, he's just like everybody else in the palace. I don't know why you even follow that guy. I don't even know why you listen to him. Daniel said, I need to separate myself. So what are, what's your actions going to be? Are you going to you say, no, I'll never bow down. I'll never do that. Well, when you're faced with something a little more serious, is that still going to be your action? Last question. What will your outcome be? Now, this is the one, the one that we can't answer. We cannot say, oh, yep, I'm going to make it through that. Yep, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to do this, and this is going to happen. We can't, we can't say that. The only thing we get to decide is if we follow God or not follow God. But I promise you, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told the king, you will be delivered out of his hand. Whatever that hand is, the answer, if, if you let God answer for you, if you, let, if you do what God wants you to do, your outcome is going to be whatever glorifies God. For some people, that may be death. And to us, that, that's sad. We think about it and, man, we miss them. I can tell you, I mean, my own mom got saved after my best friend's funeral. And I mean, like, directly after. I was able to get up at my best friend's funeral and give the plan of salvation. And that's when my mom got saved. Was it God's plan for him to die in this accident? I don't know, but I do know God used it for something. Your outcome, that's God's decision, but I bet it's a lot easier decision if you're following God. So think about those things as we're going through our daily walk, as we're as, you know, living our daily lives. All around us, things are going on. And if people know you're a Christian, at some point, some, someday, people are going to ask you questions. People are going to want you to do something for them. And they're, they're going to have this idea that, oh, Brother uh, Ryan Conley, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's, he's got to be a Christian. And the first time, that one time, that you prove to them you're not, that'll be the time that they remember. That'll be the time. So always keep these questions. Keep, keep Daniel, keep Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, keep them in your mind when you're walking through your daily life. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and I do pray that you'd be with us. God, I pray that you would have taught us from your word, and God, I pray that um, we would walk with you. Lord, I know I've slipped. I know I've done, done dumb things, and God, I just pray that um, going forward, Always going forward, I would be able to answer these questions correctly, how you would want me to answer them, uh, using, using these men as, as, as a, a guide, not, not, as the, not as the ruler, God. Let me always look to you, but these were men who did great things, so let, let me use them as a guide, as an example, and uh, help me to live my life for you. Lord, we love you, and I just pray that you'd be with us. 
and uh, help us during this time of invitation. Um, help us to love you and honor you and serve you. Lord, we love you now. Sings your name. Amen. If there's anybody out there, if, if y'all need, need to come up here, need to pray, we're just going to have a uh, time of invitation. Miss Marion, if you can just play anything softly. Um, if y'all want to come up here and uh, make a decision or maybe you need forgiveness, maybe you need uh, strengthening, whatever you need, God has the answer.